I got it! When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four! I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 55, we made a cardboard version of Bryn. To tackle Minute 55, we have Liz Whitaker of Mean Girls Minute and Allison Graham of Potent Potables. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Did I promise? Did I promise to my It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe Beltamez and Duff went into the maze. I got nothing. (laughs) Cardboard ahoy. Today we're discussing minute 55 of the movie Cardboard Titanic. <laughs> At this point, we're actually on the boat. We, yes, hey, we have finally we, left the uh, 1997 scenes. The Keldish. Yes, we're not on the Keldish anymore. We're on Cardboard Titanic. Yes, <laughs> and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. The Yeah, the documentary team found their way into the maze. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm I'm really proud of them because I I didn't think they had it in them to get through a maze. I maybe I, yeah I don't know how far into the maze they are. They could be screwed. I felt like someone was indicating that they had um successfully traversed the maze and that they were on their way out now. Oh, but I could have maybe. misunderstood that. Okay. It's been known. I was. I wasn't paying very close attention. <laughs> so in the beginning here, they're in a room that seems to contain a smaller cardboard maze. Yes. So there's like maze within maze within maze. Yeah. No wonder Dave got lost. It goes so far down. And then we see Dave. Yes, the group has found Dave. And they go through a doorway with... Uh, what you know it seems like confidence and they stumble upon well first does it cut to uh yeah it leonard? Cuts to leonard i don't where is leonard what's happening to I, leonard i don't know leonard is like transfixed looking at something he leonard looks like he's about to be sucked into a tv yeah yes he does I mean, he really looks like he's in a in a movie where there's about to be a hand that comes out of the television screen yeah. that grabs Leonard by the face and pulls him into the TV set. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. That 
would scare me. Couldn't happen to a nicer individual. <sighs> Bless you, Leonard. You died to save America. <laughs> you are a true hero, Leonard. I salute you. I don't, because I'm not actually sure you deserve it. I don't know anything about Leonard. <laughs> Except for he's wearing his Uncle Larry's sweater. And he sucks dick for money. <laughs> what? That's what he think, thinks Kickstarter is. Yep. <sighs> I think... I don't know. I feel like that that's all we need to know about Leonard. I think that pretty much sums him up, yeah. Yeah. Just a well rounded character. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alright. So the so we so the team, they uh they walk through a doorway and they stumble upon a cardboard lady that I guess is named Bryn. I yeah, it's like a cardboard almost looks like a marionette like with her hands tied up like that yeah of Bryn who I guess is one of their friends but I think and and Bryn is Bryn's dead I don't know I get the feeling that Bryn is dead but and then like somehow Dave captured part of her soul and put it into a cardboard marionette uh I don't know it's very odd how do you think Bryn died do you think Dave killed her? Oh, that I was going to say, because I was like, I wonder what their relationship was, because why would Dave be so, you know, broken up about her that he had wanted to capture her in cardboard, her essence in cardboard. Um, but if he killed her, that would if he was like the cause of her death, yeah. that would explain it. Yeah. Dave kind of seems like the kind of guy who would kill somebody to use as a prop in his weird supernatural House of Leaves maze. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that Dave seems like he's a kind of like adult and he might have accidentally killed her oh. and then have so much guilt that he learned magic. Oh, to try to bring her back to life? Yes, so that he could... Okay. Uh, soothe his guilty conscience yeah but he created a monster i mean i don't so he has to live with that now right i don't think that this is what Bryn would want she can literally only say like seven phrases or something yeah and she's attached to the inside of a cardboard maze so Bryn has been trapped into this sort of endless purgatory annie's reaction is just kind of hard to read like Dave, did, Dave you did you build, build a cardboard, cardboard Bryn? Like, like I, I don't know I if she can really... with you, you weirdo? Yeah, she's just starting to understand the, you know, nefarious powers that Dave has been working with and how far he's been willing to degrade himself spiritually. Yeah, because I, I mean, anybody who is going to put a fan in a cardboard box... That's evil. That's pure evil. Why, why would you do that? Yeah, like he sold his soul. Yeah, he. There are, is some dark magic here, and and you know I'm a little bit worried about him. Maybe <sighs> yeah. Maybe they shouldn't bring him out of the maze. Maybe the maze is the best place for Dave. I think it might be. He's too far gone at this point. Maybe the maze is the only thing that can tr- can you know uh, control Dave's power. Maybe he has to be stuck in this hell of his own making. 
Yes. Otherwise. In order to save everyone else. Right. We can't unleash that power on the world. No, because then all of the things that have happened inside the maze will happen in the world. Oh, my God. It's just a world I, of one winter mitten. <sighs> I don't know if I can deal with that. That's too much. Like, we, that's that's what I'm afraid of. True, like, deep fear deep in my heart. There's only one solution. We, we must burn the maze. <sighs> Do you think they will? Oh, well, it's inside. I I assume they live in an apartment building and yeah. it's inside their living room. And if they burn the maze down, they'll burn down that whole building. And that's also a lot of destruction. It's a real catch-22 they've got here. Dave, what have you rather... Oh, what have Dave, she can't even speak. She's so overcome with horror. The a pox on ma- both houses. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? I just yelled a Romeo and Juliet line. Uh, but it happened. I'm keeping it. Oh, yes. Dave, what hath thee done? What hell hath thee unleashed? So where do we think he learned this magic? How do you think? I don't know. Do you think he just stumbled into like one of those magic shops that is, it just looks like a regular sort of like joke trick magic shop on the front, but the proprietor saw something in Dave's eyes and said. Maybe maybe he went there looking for cardboard boxes to build his maze. Oh, so he goes to a magic shop and says... I need to build a cardboard box maze. Do you guys throw out any cardboard? And they were like, oh, yeah, we got a big dumpster out back. All we throw in it is cardboard. Help yourself anytime. And then as the shopkeeper is taking him through the back room to get the boxes, Dave knocks something over. Oh. And it's it's some real magic. Uh, it's some sort of vessel of power, of real magic power. Oh. And... And Dave unleashes it and it follows him. Oh, my God. And all of the cardboard he builds with is now imbued with this power. The cardboard has become the new vessel of power. Mm-hmm. And it's malevolent power. It's not good power. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I think I think you're onto something. I think that must be what happened. That's absolutely what happened. Yes. I. Yeah. I refuse to accept any other explanations. <laughs> So, creator of this movie, if you're listening and this is not how the story went, I think don't you, tell us. I think, don't add us. I think you know what needs to happen next. Mm-hmm. You need to make a prequel. You've heard of George Lucas, right? <laughs> you can just put like a Force Ghost Leonard into it. People love when you retcon things in their favorite movies and release yeah. them as special editions. Oh, he could have like a force ghost Larry that's like nodding <gasps> approvingly at Leonard while he gets yes. dressed. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a yeah. great one. And then there's also like force ghost. Uh, there's it's like force ghost Bryn, but it's only half of her. Like it's she's very oh. faint because yeah. he's taken part of her essence and put it in the cardboard. Right. So she's she only has a half oh, soul. She's like Qui-Gon. She can only appear in voice. Okay. This okay. is all right. Okay. 
that this is true. We are, yeah, I, we're, we've now made this movie uh, Star Wars uh, magic shop. <laughs> cardboard maze menace the cardboard menace oh my god the cardboard menace i love it <laughs> so but also there must be some sort of like alien technology or, or do we think it's the magic that makes it bigger on the inside oh, i think it's the magic okay the, yeah. this isn't secretly like a tardis that's gonna no i don't think it's like a tardis okay yeah dave's not cool enough to get into tardis oh no way he used some sort of arcane magic to, like, rip a hole in the fabric of reality. So maybe the maze is, like, a pocket dimension. Okay. All right. The maze is a pocket dimension. And so we, if that's the case, then maybe we don't have to burn it down. We just have to figure out a way to make it collapse in on itself. Yeah. So that it closes itself off from our dimension. Yeah. Because there's probably something evil and eldritch lurking in the dimension within the maze right so they have to close it down before that that immense being can unleash itself upon the world right and since this is a maze and it's in our dimension and our dimension is heavily influenced by um greek mythology there's this this being is probably going to manifest as an as a minotaur right it's gonna Mm. it's gonna be a minotaur yeah yeah okay So, speaking of minotaurs, have you seen, and you probably haven't, uh, (laughs) Your Highness? I don't, I can't even fake pretend I know what you're talking about in this case. Um, So, it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, So, it wasn't even, like, the room bad (laughs) funny. It was just, like, I was in pain the whole time I was watching this. I, I felt sorrow and embarrassment for everyone involved i just i wanted it to end i wanted i wanted my life to end so i didn't have to endure this movie from the makers of pineapple express Uh uh-huh yeah it's like natalie portman is in it yep and like danny mcbride james franco uh, charles dance charles dance degraded himself to be in your highness um, but anyway, there's a minotaur in it, and it has, like, a cock around its neck. Like, it cut off somebody's huge dick, and it's wearing it, like, on a rope around its neck. What? And that's, like, the only thing I remember from this movie, Wait. because I wanted to, like, banish it from my brain. And it, But it also has, like, uh, Justin Thoreau and Toby Jones. And- yeah, it- <laughs> It's, it, like, I can't describe how bad this movie is. But it has people in it that have done things I don't hate. Yeah. Oh, and man. it's that bad. Oh, no. Uh, Danny McBride, I think, cuts the Minotaur's dick off and then wears it as a necklace. Oh, cool, cool, great. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Oh, it made $28 million at the box office. Cool. Mm. That's unfortunate when its budget was $50 million. Yeah, it. I mean, listeners, you can you can come at me with your opinions about this movie. I don't care. It was bad. Don't try to convince me otherwise. Oh, what? Liz, don't watch this movie. I, yeah, I, I won't just waste my time. I just, on it. I just saw everything I needed to see. I sent her a screenshot of Danny McBride wearing the Minotaur dick necklace, and like hearing about that in a vacuum, you'd think maybe it could be funny. Maybe there's a funny setup. There's no funny setup. 
he just cuts the Minotaur's dick off and wears it for the rest of the movie, and that's the joke. Oof. It was really bad. The Minotaur is kind of hot. Can you expand on that for me, please? I mean, no. (laughs) Um, Like, he's he's ripped. Like, he's just like, he's a big dude, like a big hunk of man, like... With a bull head. With a bull? I mean, whatever. Details. Do you think that's anybody's persona? Like, if anybody's only, like, half furry? Oh. Interesting. It wouldn't... Yeah. It wouldn't be mine. It's not not one I would choose. No. There's probably, like, Minotaur furry art. I'm gonna have to Google that. And now... To the Google! To the Google. Well... Right now, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the Minotaur. Oh, well, I got your Minotaur furry art. Okay. Google search. They're com- oh, they're common enemies in God of War. And there is a Minotaur in that one episode of Doctor Who. There is, yeah. In where, the, yeah. Where they're stuck in the hotel. Yeah. The documentary Room 237 suggests that The Shining is a retelling of the myth of the Minotaur, which is one of the less crazy theories expounded upon in that documentary it's real weird have you seen room 237 well have you seen the shining first of all i have seen the shining okay when back uh back when i was younger and would watch um scary movies so that uh you know boys wouldn't think i was dumb ah back when i would do things to impress boys Ugh. nobody does that anymore i think it's terrible Girls chasing boys. When I was your age, I never chased a boy or called a boy or sat in a parked car with a boy. Yep, found Minotaur furry art. Wow. I am not doing well with this Google search. Really? I got distracted. Oh. What did you do instead? Ooh, Minotaur butt. I feel like the Minotaur would have a better butt than this picture. He, like, he's kind of a flat butt, but, like... I'm looking at his his thighs and his quads, and, like, you can tell this guy squats. So, like, unless he's having, like, unless he has really poor squat form and has, like, no glute activation, which could be the case. Like, you'd think he'd have a bigger butt. I bet the Minotaur has a great butt. I feel like the Minotaur would have a great butt. Yeah. Ooh, the Minotaur dating game. (laughs) I want to know about this Minotaur dating game. Yeah, I want to play it. I want to find the Minotaur of my dreams. Oh my god, click click to play it now. <gasps> really? Yeah. Wait, is it an app? Let me see if there's an it's app. It's just online. Oh. Welcome to the dating game. <sighs> Many of you have asked us, how do I get to meet Minos the Minotaur? Can you set me up with him? Well, no. If you want to date him, you'll have to work for it. So we made some calls, and we got you an online version of the dating game. Follow the instructions of your host, ask the right questions, and you might end up with the Minotaur of your dreams. Oh my god. All of the secret bachelors participating today are very special. So scroll scroll down and have fun. <sighs> okay, you have to do it. Click here to start playing. Alright. A few words about bachelor number one. Bachelor number one describes himself as smart, easygoing, serious, not that easygoing, not that serious, handsome, charismatic. When asked why should he get picked, he said... Because I am obviously the best man for the job. Oh, I certainly am. Okay, click here to continue. All right, okay. Bachelor number two. 
Bachelor number two describes himself as athletic, successful, knowledgeable about everything, and Hmm. a love magnet. When asked why he should get picked, he said, because that's why I came here. I didn't come to lose. I was promised a date. Oh, God. I don't like him. No. Bachelor number three describes himself as unusual, hardworking, fair, noble-hearted, gloomy at times, and very flexible. Ooh. <laughs> when asked why he should get picked, he said, because if you don't, you'll regret it when I tell people about you. What? Oh, I don't like that. No. I liked him up until that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's not good. All right. Now we I'm gonna, we get oh. to select questions for them. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what's our first question? Our choices are, what's your dream vacation spot? If I invite you to the Lion King musical, how do you respond? All right. What makes you cry? Describe your fashion sense. And do you love children? What makes you cry? Okay. We'll ask that one. Uh, And who do we want to ask that of? Bachelor Uh, number two. Okay. Number two. All right. Bachelor number two answers by saying, nothing. Do things that fall on my foot count? Uh, mm, no. Um, okay. Now we have another set of questions we can choose. What will your second question be? What's your idea of a happy marriage? What are your favorite hobbies? Would you enhance my social life? Who should pay on a first date? And what's your worst breakup story? Mm, Let's ask the breakup story to number three. Okay. He seems like he's a really, like, gaslighty Mm -hmm. kind of ex-boyfriend, and I feel like he's got some bad stories. I can tell you it involved five rolls of toilet paper, three buckets of mud, a sheep, and a Taco Bell. Never heard of her again. Okay, yeah, he he killed her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, our third question. Who do you want to meet when you die? What's your secret vice? What is your typical day like? Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? And how would you impress me on a first date? Let's ask number one what his typical vice is. All right. His secret vice. Oh, his secret vice. His typical vice. <laughs> <laughs> curiosity i don't trust people that easily so i'm always asking questions wait we just said one vice so flamboyance all right (laughs) i think i like number one yeah oh man we get to ask more questions this is a lot of questions wow this is like real dating it really is i feel like (laughs) getting to know people Um, i feel like you're gonna have to fuck this minotaur (laughs) i might have to yeah (laughs) Uh, how quickly, I hope it has a better butt than the picture you found. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how quickly would you introduce me to your relatives? What is your ideal date? What is your idea of romance? What features do you find most attractive in a partner? And what would your exes say about you? Uh, what is your idea of romance to number one? Okay. Really going to focus on number one now. Yeah. Two and three have already written themselves out. Um, what was your idea of romance? Is that what we asked him? Yeah. 
Oh, those are things of the past. Nowadays, it's animal attraction. Oh, nowadays, it's animal attraction. Maybe that sounded a little weird, but nope, that's how I meant it. Okay, well, I definitely don't want to date any of these guys, but I guess I'm going to fuck number one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if that's my choice. Yeah. Uh, oh, what will our final question be? If a tree falls in a forest, who notices? Am I boring you with my questions? What condiment What condiment you could do without? Okay. Um, complete my sentence. I like sitting in the park and... And I say moo, you say... These are terrible questions. <laughs> I forgot half of them already because they was like, well, not asking, not asking that one. Uh, I want to know what they do in the park. And who am I going to ask? Of? Sticking? Are we going to stick with one? Because let's let's stick with one. Right. Yeah, we think we've made. I bet it. he's probably going to say he wants to like make love with me under a tree. Uh waiting to be moved to a better place wait that part could be nice but but not likely i have no idea all right well i'm gonna make love to this minotaur in a park so let's choose number one all right okay click here wait so here's the moment of truth secret bachelor reveal yourself okay your secret bachelor is revealed oh my god okay can you send me a picture? <laughs> Is he gorgeous? Oh my god, I can't say anything to you until I send you this picture. Okay. And then and then I oh man, and then there's a whole thing for me to read. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> What? 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 Okay. What? Oh boy. What? What? Your secret bachelor is revealed. Boy, did you get yourself into a mess. <laughs> you won yourself a spot in a phenomenal love triangle with both Bill Clinton and Richard Nixon. <laughs> and it's specifically Bill Clinton of 1999 and Richard Nixon of 1972. <laughs> and there's a little like picture that somebody drew of Richard Nixon sitting on Bill Clinton's lap. Putting money in his pocket. <laughs> and Bill's like tugging at his collar and there's a little heart between their heads. As you can see, they're already warmed up for the hot date that awaits you. <laughs> this, this date comes equipped with a ventilator, a portable cooler, and a much needed water hose. <laughs> you get an evening picnic inside the Pentagon. Where you can spy on your neighbors with a full access to private satellite, or you could choose <laughs> to scan space and find some aliens. Cool. Shooting any aliens with rocket missiles is not included in this date. Bring your bathing suit because arrangements have been made and an inflatable mini pool has been installed. Fits two people at a time, so you'll have to take turns. But that's not all. This memorable evening will be made more memorable when your waiter, Willie Nelson, serves you two <laughs> medium scoops of ice cream each, guaranteed to be peanut-free. Let the love nesting begin. All right. So I'm very happily married, but I would absolutely go on this date. And I feel like my husband would have to understand. I would go on this date and I would put out. <laughs> I want to be Eiffel Towered by Bill Clinton and Richard Nixon. 
my god (laughs) (laughs) i mean and instead of high-fiving at the top richard nixon's burning money and bill clinton lights a cigar on it this is what i choose to believe is awaiting leonard on the other side of the television (laughs) (laughs) i want to see what the other bachelors were Um, i wonder is there a way to find out i i'm not sure without playing the game again Oh. Apparently this is oh it Minos the Minotaur is like a webcomic. Oh. I was thinking that I was hoping that like your partners would be like three different minotaurs. Yeah. But this is so much better than I could have dreamed. I feel like we've experienced something together we went today. On a journey. We did go on a journey. Oh man. I don't even remember what happened in the minute of the movie anymore. I I feel like I've just completely like gone through a spiritual <laughs> journey and I've come out on the other side a different person, a better person, a stronger person, a stronger person, a more true version of myself. Indeed, a, a more perfect distillation. Mm-hmm. Yes. More connected to the universe. I do feel more connected to the universe now. Wow. Should we end it? I don't know that we can go anywhere else. Yeah. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed your journey today. I hope that you will find your Minotaur or your Bill Clinton from 1999 and Richard Nixon from 1972. May you go on this journey. May you find yourself. May you solve the maze. And then I could probably disarm all the traps. And then we can... We can finish this maze! Who is with me? That was Liz Whitaker of Mean Girls Minute and Allison Grimm of Potent Potables taking on Minute 55 of Dave Made a Maze. Liz, at least, will be back in Minute 59. Next time, on Dave Made a Minute, we've got Doug Greenberg, George Hendricks, and Jonathan Howell of The Hot Tube taking on Minute 56. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place, and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Hey! Totally. High five! Wait, what? <laughs>